Welcome to The Dietitian Project. I'm your host, Krista Kolajesic. I'm a fellow dietitian and passionate business coach, helping you turn your dreams from vision into reality. I'm so thrilled to have you here with me. Hello, hello, and welcome to the final episode of 2020. I'm excited to get into this. I I wanted to cap off season one of the Dietitian Project podcast with a little reflection on how 2020 went and all of the insane changes and growth that happened throughout the year. And then I'm going to start back with season two sometime in January. I wanted to take a little bit of time to just think about what I want this podcast to be. I hadn't intended to do a break in between a season one and a season two. I hadn't even thought about doing seasons, to be totally honest with you. But then I thought, hey, why not take a little bit of time off and just think about what I want this podcast to turn into? Because to be totally honest with you, I think it's lacked a little bit of clarity since I started it in, I think I started it in March But it started off as more of a career-focused podcast for dietitians, and then it turned into entrepreneurship as my business turned into solely entrepreneurship, or rather turned into business coaching. So I'm still trying to figure out what that looks like. And I think time off is really when the ideas and the inspiration start to happen. So I'm excited to see where I end up in a few months. Honestly, I'm excited to see where I net out at the end of the holiday season and and what's next for this podcast because I've said this before man I love doing it and I I didn't realize how much I would love it but I just love this medium of being able to communicate I feel like I'm able to just have a conversation and it just feels more natural to me than writing or writing a blog post I still like writing but I don't know. I just, there's something about the podcast. So this is a note to you that if you've ever thought of doing a podcast, then go for it because you might also love it. And it's just a whole lot of fun and it feels really creative. And I love that part about it. Okay. So how am I going to structure this episode? Well, I actually thought it'd be kind of fun to actually go month by month and talk about how my year went because this was my first year of full-time entrepreneurship. And I want to share with you what that real life of an entrepreneur actually looks like and what it looks like to start and grow a business. So I wanted to share with you some of the highs and lows that happened every single month. I'm also going to talk about finances too. This is always a tough one, and I'm still trying to figure out how I feel about it, whether I want to talk about finances, whether I don't. I don't know. It's weird. Like, on one hand, I want to be transparent about these things, and I love when people talk about finances. I'm one of those people that, like, I just want to know. Like, tell me all the details and tell me realistically what this looks like, because to me, it's just incredibly interesting, but it feels awkward to talk about for yourself, to be totally honest. So I'm going to do it a little bit in this episode, but just know that it it feels a bit weird for me. I'm not going to lie to you. And let me know how you feel about it. Let me know if you like it. So I actually want to start off back December 2019 because this is where, and actually it was before that, that my my journey with entrepreneurship started because I actually started my first business, Bark and Buckle, back in 2018, which was and is, I mean, it's still in existence, but I don't actively 
run it. Bark and Buckle is an Etsy shop where I sell dog collars, bandanas, and leashes. I started that in 2018 because I had gotten a dog recently and I just wasn't able to find any quality, cute products that I liked at the store. And so I thought, hey, you know what? I'm going to try and make something. I've always been really crafty and I've always liked to do those sorts of things. So I thought, hey, what if I try and do something? And my first my first prototype was absolutely garbage looking back on it now, but I mean, it was functional. It actually worked, which was pretty cool. I started that as a business. I made my first prototype, realized it was shit, and then moved on to my next prototype. Every time I did a prototype, it got slightly better until it got to a point where I was like, wow, I could actually sell these. They look good enough to be able to sell. So anyway, started an Etsy shop and it did very well and it was a lot of fun, but was feeling like, especially in the last few months, and I actually did continue that business up until about June or July of this year. And again, like I said, it's it's still technically in existence, but uh, it was taking up a lot of time and time that I just did not have anymore. And so sadly, that's been kind of put on the back burner, but maybe one day I'll revisit it because again, it's kind of fun to have those just like creative projects uh, to do. So anyways, that was off on a tangent. I didn't plan on talking about that that business, but there we go. So I'd started my entrepreneurship journey and around, I would say, November, December of 2019, I started to really think about what if, what if I actually did entrepreneurship full-time? And it had been something, and I know I've talked about this before, it had been something that was on my mind and kind of in my heart for a while because I just... I've always been a really entrepreneurial and a really creative person. And I just felt like one day I wanted that kind of a life. I wanted to do my own thing. And at the time, I was learning so much about marketing and about sales and about growing your business just from listening to podcasts by really inspirational women. And it was so empowering. It was so empowering and really exciting just to hear about all of the possibilities that there were out there. And so That was really when I started to think about it and just think, you know, hey, wouldn't that be cool? But at that point, I had zero plans to actually quit my job. I had zero plans. It it wasn't even on my radar, to be honest. But I think what's funny is that when that sort of thing comes to you, if it's right and if it's meant to be, then it tends to not go away. And that's what I was finding, to be honest, is that once I started thinking about it, I thought about it more and more and more and more. And then I found myself starting to actually make a plan. And so anyways, that's that's sort of how my year ended off. And so I want to tell you a little bit about my New Year's resolutions for 2020 because I, I actually love writing New Year's resolutions. I never used to do it. And then I started two years ago and I, I loved it. It was like it gave me just a bit of a plan of like what I was going to accomplish that year. And so my December 2019 to 2020 New Year's resolutions were that, one, I was going to read 40 books. So I used to be an avid reader when I was a kid, and then I stopped when I was in university because just stopped, right? I don't know. We we come up with all of our excuses, right? It's like, oh, I didn't have time. But no, I was watching enough Grey's Anatomy. Like, I definitely had time. But I just decided that Grey's Anatomy was was more important to me than reading books. So anyways, stopped reading books. So since then, have slowly been trying to get that back into my life because that's something I love. And I actually, fun fact, I've probably shared this on the podcast before. My very first email address was book underscore worm underscore five, five, five. (laughs) 
So yes, I was a bit of a nerd in school. I was also pretty cool, but definitely a nerd. So read 40 books. Number two was run a marathon, which at that point was like totally out there. I was like, how could I possibly do that? I cannot even imagine running further than 21 kilometers. A full marathon is 42. And I, so I was just like, this is just not even possible, but hey, I'm going to put it on my list. And then number three was quit my job, <laughs> which was kind of crazy. And at the time, these all seemed completely unattainable. I just want to tell you that, completely unattainable. And I think I think it's an important reminder to sometimes, just to sometimes set impossible goals <laughs> because you have no idea how they're going to happen. But when you put them out there into the universe, I do find that, especially when you put them out into the universe, you you think about them, you visualize them, they have a way of, of manifesting themselves into reality. And this might, I don't know, depending on who you are and, and what you believe, this might sound hokey to you, but... I do really believe that there's such an incredible power in our mindset and our thought process. What we visualize, we actually actualize. Oh, that was fun. Uh, What we visualize, we actualize. So I have some interesting YouTube videos on this if you're interested in learning a little bit more about it. Anyways, I wrote down these three completely unattainable goals. So talking a little bit more about December. So at that point, I started doing a little bit of freelance ghostwriting and recipe development But at that point was making pennies, like absolute pennies. I found Anna Reisdorf on Instagram, shout out to Anna. And she runs an Instagram account and a a Facebook page all about becoming a writer and writing as a career for dietitians. And so it made me realize this was a very real and possible thing, something that I didn't even know was a thing that RDs could do before that. And so at that time, I really discovered this whole world of freelancing. And so I actually set up an account on Upwork, which is a freelancing marketplace platform. And I started to get some clients, like some very small projects. And so uh, just funny story, my first project, I actually, it was a, I was creating, I was hired to create soup recipes for a research project. So it was a research project that some nutrition researchers were doing. I don't even know what the the topic was about, but they needed some soup recipes for the research project. And so they asked me to create those with nutritionals that went with them. And I charged $80, $80. And I think I had to make like six recipes or something. Oh my gosh, it was nuts. Like it took me probably 10 hours. And so that was a huge lesson learned, right? Like sometimes the thing is, is like, you don't know what you don't know, right? I I went into that project thinking, oh, okay, this will be easy. Great. Not knowing how much time it was actually going to take. And so it's just, uh, sometimes you're going to undercharge at the beginning and that's okay, Honestly, do what you have to do to get that first project. Because then once I charged $80 for that and I got that first project, once I had that done, now suddenly I had experience under my belt, right? And so from there, I started to get more and more projects because guess what? I had that project under my belt. I had something to show for it. And so this is just an important reminder. I know like people are always talking about like, oh, charge what you're worth. Don't don't undercharge, blah, 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 blah. But honest to goodness, do what you have to do to get the experience under your belt. Do whatever you have to do. Do whatever you have to do. And actually, Kieran and I talk about this in episode 32. I believe it is episode 32, uh, where we talk about how she started her business. And we just chat a little bit about just like getting those first clients through the door. Do what you got to do, honestly, because the hardest thing is to get the first people in. And then once you have that experience, then it just gets easier from there. 
And so at the time, I remember thinking to myself, okay, so if I am able to pay my rent with my side hustle revenue, which at the time was only $1,000, I was going to quit my job. At the time, I had the two side hustles. I had, I was doing some freelance ghostwriting, and then I had Bark and Buckle, my dog collars, and like was absolutely not making enough at this time to support myself, but I believed that I could grow. Like I believed that if there were these opportunities out there, okay, then there's got to be more, and, and I, I think that there's an opportunity to grow it. And so I continued to do a little bit of that in January. In January, I made $150. That's it. I made $150. (laughs) But it was like $70 more than I had made the previous month, right? So to me, that was growth. I was like, oh, okay. You know, that was growth. There's more opportunities out there. And so at this point, I was envisioning, okay, so you know what? Maybe by May or June, I'm going to be able to be making $1,000 a month in order to do this. And I also knew at the time too that I had, so I had gotten into my MBA. So I'm doing my MBA part-time right now, but I, I had gotten into that and that was starting in May. So I thought, you know what? That'd be great timing because I'll be starting school and that way I can really focus on that and I can focus on my business. And so that was January. Woohoo, 150 bucks. Go Krista. But hey, it was exciting. Okay, so then February. <laughs> February things suddenly just took off. And I mean, I say took off, but like they didn't take, like I was making tens of thousands of dollars. I made just shy of a thousand dollars, which was really exciting. And I was consistently getting new clients in the door. So I thought, whoa, okay, if suddenly, and I noticed some big changes. Like once I had those first clients under my belt and once I started to build my Upwork profile, I was getting very regular um, requests. And at that point, I just, I didn't have the time. So I was declining things because I didn't have the time to do them. So I thought, hey, you know what? Okay, this is what I told myself. I said, thousand dollars and I'm going to quit my job. And so I thought, hey, you know what? It's now or never. And this might seem like it was a little bit of a a rash, quick decision. And yes, perhaps it was, but I do tend to be a tiny bit impulsive. But at the same time, like I saw that, look at, I mean, I grew from $150 to almost a thousand in one month. So I felt confident in my ability to keep growing it. And I wanted it so, so bad. And it felt so, so right. That's the other important thing too, is that it felt like the right thing for me to do. I couldn't imagine not doing it. And one thing I do want to also mention here is that I had saved a lot of money up until this point. So I knew that quitting my job was not an enormous risk for me. And and I always tell people that, do not quit your job without a financial plan. You do not need the stress and the pressure and the weight of like having to pay your bills on your shoulders when you're trying to get your business set up. Because guess what? Getting your business set up is probably gonna take longer than you think. And it's going to take longer for you to start bringing like consistent livable money through the door. So don't do that to yourself. Make sure that you have some money to fall back on. So towards the end of February, I gave my two weeks notice. Holy moly. This is crazy to think about. And it's funny talking to you about this timeline. I look back and I'm like, holy, I really, yeah, I tend to be a little bit impulsive. But that's honestly one of my superpowers, I really think, is my ability to just be a doer and just do things um, and not be afraid to do things. 
So towards the end of February, I gave my two weeks notice. So I remember sat my boss down and I started to cry (laughs) because I loved the people I worked with and it was an incredible job. And I think it's an important thing to just note that just because you're happy doesn't mean you're not allowed to want something different. To me, I I didn't want my career to just be good enough. I, I was bursting at the seams to do my own thing and to be able to pursue my own creative endeavors. And it was so, so nuts, like looking back on that. And I was heading to work that day. And I remember thinking, am I doing this today? Like, because when you decide you're going to quit your job, like nobody tells you when to do that, right? Like I had no job that was starting in two weeks. I, it was just an arbitrary date. And so it was so surreal for me. I mean, I'm going to remember that moment forever because it was pretty incredible. And I actually remember on my last day of work, I was so emotional and I remember just like I left work for that day and then I walked to my car and I sat down in my car and I just absolutely started bawling my eyes out because I was like, holy shit, I cannot believe I just did that. Like, I really can't believe that I just did that. That was insane. But also so just so much joy, overflowing with joy that I had the courage to do it. And I also got engaged on February 13th, which was uh, really exciting So I'll tell you a little bit about that story because it was just kind of a a funny, funny story. So my fiance, Paul, and I, so we were both sick actually with the flu. We had the flu really bad. And looking back on it, we're like, I wonder if it was COVID (laughs) because it was in February. We were both so sick and we had the weirdest illnesses. Like we only had really bad coughs, and then we would have these weird, shivery fevers uh, that would go away in a few minutes, and then they'd come back, and it was very strange. So neither one of us had ever been sick like that before, and we had been flying recently, and so we thought, we were like, hey, you know what? Maybe that was actually COVID, but anyways, or it could have just been the flu, but that was like pre-COVID, right? That was in February, so we were both really sick. And I remember it was a Saturday and we woke up in the morning and and my fiance was like, Hey, you know what? Let's just get out of the house. We got to, let's go to the dog park. And I remember thinking, really? Like, are we seriously going to do that? I mean, but that was the thing that we did every Saturday. We went to the dog park because we enjoyed it. And our dog was quite young at the time. I mean, still is quite young and like so energetic and so needed the time to go and run around the park or else he was just a nightmare for the rest of the day. So we thought, okay, let's just go to the dog park. And so we did. And we went to this really nice dog park that's like on the water. Uh, We would go there almost every Saturday. And so we're walking around the park, just chatting. And then all of a sudden, my fiance, he stopped and he pulled a a treat out of his pocket that I had never seen before. It honestly looked like beef jerky. And I remember thinking to myself, like, where did he get that? What did, what the heck is he doing? And and I mean, he 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 brought like this beef jerky so that our dog would actually listen and would come come over to him. And so anyways, he pulled out this treat and our dog kind of came running over and I was like, "What is he doing? Like I've never seen these treats before." Anyways, he pulled out a bandana from his pocket and he put it around our dog's neck and it said, it said, marry my mom on it. And, <laughs> and so I saw it started crying and, and then anyways, he, he got down on one knee and, and it was really funny because it was actually a bandana that I had created with Bark and Buckle, my business. <laughs> and so he had actually had a coworker 
buy it off of my website. And then he had it, and then she gave it to him at work, and then he had it embroidered, which was absolutely hilarious. So anyways, it was really, really sweet. Um, it was such an awesome day, and uh, and yeah, just like so special. And yeah, and just like, just like a shout out to my fiance, Paul, just like a little side note, because when, when I said that I wanted to quit my job, his response was, yeah, you should go for it. And I really think that that takes such an incredible man and an incredible partner to just wholeheartedly support you in your endeavors. He really is my number one supporter. He never doubts me. He is my biggest fan. And honestly, it just makes me feel so lucky to have that because I know that a lot of women are lucky enough to have a man who really, really supports them a thousand percent and believes in them a thousand percent and wants them to chase their dreams and, and yeah, and live, live into their potential. And so I feel really lucky for that. So anyways, that's just a little shout out to Paul. Okay, so that was February. And okay, so March, 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 March. March was my first month of full-time entrepreneurship. And holy moly, what a flipping up and down. It was crazy. So right after I quit my job, I ended up, and right when I started working full-time, I ended up working with a supplement company. And it was just a really not good experience. As soon as I started, I knew that it wasn't right. It was like one of those things where you just have this gut feeling and you're like, this does not feel like it just didn't feel aligned with me at all. And so anyways, I ended up getting fired from that role. And this was like (laughs) so soon after I went full time, like it was just like nuts. I mean, like this was like my first consistent gig and I got fired from it. And I'd never gotten fired from anything in my life. And so it was like, just like this crazy experience. And so I had this moment of panic. And then I thought, no, it's going to be okay. <laughs> Where there's one opportunity, there's going to be more. This isn't the last opportunity that there ever was. And so anyways, that was quite the experience. And at the end of the day, it was such a good learning lesson for me that I will never do anything that doesn't feel aligned with me. And if I, if my gut tells me it's not the right thing, then it's not the right thing. And then COVID hit. (laughs) So again, literally like basically the week when I went full time into entrepreneurship, everything hit the fan when it comes to COVID. And so again, had a moment of panic. And then I also thought to myself, no, you are not going to let this bring you down (laughs) because I had no choice in the matter. I had just quit my full-time job. And so I thought, no, I'm going to be resilient and I am going to see the best in this situation. I think that one of my strengths, honestly, is I think that I have turned into a bit of a relentless optimist. I really think that things will go well. I think that's a new trait I've developed over time. I never used to be that way. And I find that I'm now more optimistic than I ever was. So that's pretty cool. At this time, we also set our wedding date, which was really exciting. So we're getting married next June. Hopefully we'll see what happens uh, with the vid. But at the same time, uh, I made some good money this month. So I I think it was about around $3,500, which was great. So I grew from $1,000 to $3,500 in a month, which felt awesome. And then April. 
So April is when my interest in coaching started and not necessarily my interest in coaching because honestly, this was always what I wanted to do. This had always been in the back of my mind in terms of what I wanted to do eventually. And I knew that I had so much knowledge, so much I had learned that I wanted to teach people. And I remember the year before I had listened to Libby Rothschild's podcast and I was so inspired by it. And at that point, it really clicked for me. I was like, I want to teach people about business. I love teaching. I love entrepreneurship. I don't love being a dietitian, if I'm completely honest. It's not something I'm like, I feel connected to. I love the entrepreneurship and the business side of things so much more. And so I thought this makes sense for me. This totally makes sense for me. And so I knew that that was eventually what I wanted to do, but I think I had major imposter syndrome of like, oh, I don't know enough and all this stuff, even though I had started my, like two of my own businesses and I had learned so much over the years just about marketing and sales and all of that good stuff. But anyways, I I thought to myself, I was like, you know what? One thing that I felt was really lacking at the time was support for dietetic students. And so I decided to start uh, the RD Entrepreneur Instagram account, which is now the Dietitian Project, but I started RD Entrepreneur in March. And my goal there was to talk about being a freelance dietitian and to talk about entrepreneurship, but also to provide some support to students. To be honest, I'm not really sure why that, I I just felt passionately about that, honestly, and I thought that nobody was doing it. And so I was like, this is what I want to do. And so... I decided to actually run a free webinar on things students could be doing during COVID. And I wanted to do that because I wanted to start dabbling a little bit in coaching and seeing how I felt about it, seeing if I enjoyed it. And so what I was going to do is offer this free webinar and then see if I could get a couple of one-on-one sort of test clients out of it. And I would be teaching things like social media, blogging, marketing, those sorts of things. So I decided to do that. And it was super successful. So it blew up. I got almost 100 people uh, to attend this webinar. I got, I think about, I think it was around 20 people that signed up for the one-on-one coaching out of it, which was really awesome. So this was super exciting for me. And it was an amazing opportunity to be able to practice, to be able to refine my skill set, to be able to understand what I wanted my coaching, my business coaching to look like. And so even though that month or the month before I had lost that big client, I made up for it. And my revenue for April was just shy of $4,000. And that was just for month two of my business. And I felt pretty good about that. That was really exciting for me. Okay, so moving on to May. So in May, I made a really important decision. And it was a big junction point for me and for my business. I decided that in May... I was going to go all in on coaching and business coaching. And so at the time, I I was feeling a little tired of the freelance stuff. I was working a lot of hours and I I did not see a way for it to be scalable. Like it was just a lot of hours spent and I had kind of reached my max capacity in terms of clients I could take on. And so I knew that I needed to focus some more time and attention towards coaching. And so... I decided to drop my freelance clients and I just spent that month basically getting my coaching business up and running. And so I actually lost money that month. I was down in the red $2,000. And so just, I mean, this is the realistic nature of business, right? Sometimes this happens and things change and and you have to change with, with them. And so 
one of the reasons why I was in the red is because I decided to hire a business coach at this time. And I honestly, I'd spent so much time waffling on it. I was like back and forth for months. I was like, should I hire a business coach? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I just decided that I needed to do it or else I would continue to wonder what if. And so I spent, I spent $4,000-ish on a business coach and actually paid for it on a line of credit. <laughs> so I paid for it on a line of credit. That's how bad I wanted it. And I really felt like it would be the right move for me. And it was, it really was. I felt like after that experience, I had a much clearer direction and path to achieve my goals and make them happen. On a personal note, during this month, we also moved. We wanted a little bit more space. We wanted a backyard for our dog. And so we moved during this month and I started my MBA. I started school. So this was a big turning point for just me personally and my business. At this point too, I believe it was in May, I decided to rebrand as the Dietitian Project. And so I had started off as RD Entrepreneur And I decided to rebrand into the Dietitian Project because I wanted it to be a little bit more all-encompassing of what my mission was for the business. And, And just a side note too, like that's a perfect example of I think a lot of people sometimes are afraid to pick a name at the beginning because they feel like they're absolutely stuck with it. And you're not. You're not stuck with it. You can change and it's fine. It's totally fine to change. So June, July, these were the months where I was really starting to grow my business coaching. I was getting my first coaching clients through the door. My first client was actually one of the students who I had worked with. And yeah, and they started coming in, which was really exciting. And even to this day, I would say 90% of the people that see me find me on Instagram, actually. And they find me on Instagram or they listen to my podcast And that's how they access me. So Instagram can be a really important tool for building your business. And so that was June and July. So it was just focused on getting those first clients in. It was really exciting for me to see myself actually start to become a business coach and work with people on creating and building their businesses. And so by August, I actually decided to run my first group coaching program thought it would be a really fun opportunity to be able to just try something new and and see if my program could turn into a group program. And so I did a trial offer and I ended up getting 11 people who wanted to join. So it was like a it was a beta program and so I offered it for super discounted price because I just wanted people to go through it and just to experience it. So I got 11 people to join. So an amazing group of women joined me for the six-week program and gave me some awesome feedback on the program so I could make it even better. And then it was interesting because I thought it would be a slow month, right? Like August, we're like, oh, people are on vacation, blah, 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 blah. And I ended up hitting almost $8,000 this month. And I think it's an important thing to think about is like, you like you you don't have to your mindset around these things is really important because why why did i tell myself that lie i had no evidence to suggest that august was going to be a slow month for me so anyways it ended up being a really good month for me on a personal level i flew back to calgary during this time and went wedding dress shopping with my mom my cousins and my aunt which was really lovely and such a fun experience And so that was August. And then September. So September, I decided to do my first official big launch of my coaching program. 
This is something I teach in the Grow Your Business program, this whole idea of launching. But what I decided to do was a three-day business boot camp for dietitians to get one-on-one coaching clients. I ended up having 200 people sign up for the business boot camp, which was awesome. It was such a success. And this was really where things started to grow massively for me. So clients started, continued to trickle in a more consistent stream. And, and, and this is an important thing to note is that a lot of times, like we think that there's going to be these quick wins, right? We think as soon as we open our doors, we're going to get consistent clients through the door. And that's really, in most cases, that's not the reality of the situation. Things take time to build up. And so it it actually took me four months to start getting more consistent clients through the door. So it takes time. It it just takes time. But it was a good month for me. Uh, I made over $8,000 this month, which was really exciting. And I also ran my first marathon. So I think I did it in about 428. So a marathon is 42 kilometers. I had decided I was going to do it this year, and I, I didn't want to let COVID ruin that. And so... I actually just did a 6K loop around my neighborhood six times or seven times or whatever that ends up being. I can't even remember now. And and honestly, this was never something I thought I would do. And I think it just goes to show how much you can change in a year. Even at the beginning of the year, remember I said this was something that I felt like was completely unattainable. And it just goes to show how much you can change if, if you really want to change. So that was September for me. So in October, I decided I was going to do half Ironman, which is a 1.9 kilometer swim, 90 kilometer bike and 21 kilometer run. But because of COVID and how many people were supposed to do races this year and ended up getting deferred to next year, I couldn't find anything to sign up for. Basically, everything was full. And so I was like, well, shoot, you know, that was something I really wanted to do because I did my first triathlon last year. And so I wanted to do something longer. And so my dad, actually, he signed up for a full Ironman in BC, Penticton, BC, next August. So a full Ironman is 3.9-kilometer swim. It's 180-kilometer bike and 42-kilometer run. And he said to me, he was like, <laughs> he was like, hey, what if you did it with me? And so my parents have done Ironman growing up, and so my brother and I used to always go as spectators And he said, hey, what if you did it with me? And at the time, I thought, oh my gosh, there's absolutely no way. I couldn't possibly do that. And then then I started to think about it. And I was like, hey, how much have I changed in this year? Maybe I could actually do this. And I know for me, and I don't know if you're this way, but for me, I find when an idea sinks its teeth in, it really does. Like it, if I feel like it's right and it's aligned with me and, and what I want to do, I, I will do it. I will do it. Even if I think it's scary, I will do it. So anyways, I signed up for Full Ironman uh, Penticton, BC next August, which I'm actually really excited for. And I've started training and it's actually been going really well. So I'm super glad that I did that and that I pushed myself. And And I think the thing is too, is that like, for me, a half Ironman felt like I could do it. You know, it didn't feel that scary. I was like, yeah, this feels like something I could, I mean, obviously I would have to train a lot, but like, I felt like I could do it. Whereas an Ironman feels really scary. It feels like something I'm like, not, I'm not confident I can do. Right. So uh, I think sometimes in life, you just have to do the scary things because that's how you, that's how you grow. That's how you change. Uh, And so Anyways, shout out to my dad at Adventures of Greg on Instagram if you want to check him out. 
<laughs> and actually shout out to my mom too at HG Colo, H-G-K-O-L-O. Uh, if you want to check them out, they're both on Instagram. Uh, so in October, so I did that. And then I also launched the Grow Your Business program. And I did that because I was finding that I was missing out on clients because I didn't have a program to suit them. So a lot of people, and my program before was really catered towards those who were starting their businesses. And so I was having people book discovery calls with me and thinking, hey, I feel like your program's a little too basic for what I would need. I want something that is about business growth because I've already started my business. And so I decided to actually create a new program for people who are looking to grow their businesses. And at the time too, I had listened to a podcast about having different programs for different niches. And I've been really rethinking niches lately. And I think that's going to be a new podcast episode definitely for 2021. But I really don't believe you need just one thing. I think that you can have different niches and that also works too. And so anyways, I'm not going to get too too far into this. But yeah, that October was an awesome month for me and, no- and November has been too in terms of just finding amazing clients who I feel like are so in line with me and with with the people that I absolutely love to work with. And I think this is really cool. The thing about when you put yourself out there online and you you are vulnerable and you are yourself and you and you are just transparent about who you are, then you attract people that are very much like you. And I think that this is really this is fun and this is really where the magic happens. Yeah. So bringing us to November, which is actually now. I'm recording this during November. Um, and so right now where I'm at is I'm brainstorming a new project which I'm going to talk about more in the new year. I'm not quite ready to share it yet. Uh, and I need some time to, to think about it more. And so I'm going to take the holidays to do that. And I think was thinking what might be fun is to actually vlog that journey. So actually take little videos of what the experience is like to start a new business, because I think, I just think it'd be fun. I think it'd be fun. Sometimes we only see the shiny final product and we don't see all the stuff that goes into it. So I'm taking some time off in December to just relax, to unwind and to dream up what I'm planning for next year. I know my best ideas always come to me when I'm taking time off. So I'm really excited for that. And then in terms of my plans for next year, so continuing with one-on-one coaching for sure. I love doing that and I can't wait to continue working with new people and with some of the same clients as well in the new year. Obviously, I'm going to be dreaming up the next version of this podcast. I want to make sure it's unique and differentiated. I don't want to just create something that I feel like is already out there, which I kind of feel like it's turning into, which I don't love. So I want to create something new. And then uh, getting married, hopefully in June, COVID dependent. So we will see what happens there. I obviously have the Ironman in August, which is really exciting. Uh, My fiance and I are hoping to buy a house. We would love for that to be next year, but we'll see what happens. And then from a personal perspective next year, I'm really trying to just consume less social media. And, and so what I'm going to try is, is really focusing on creating and not consuming. It, honestly, it's such a time waster, right? But I also know it's so important for generating clients. And I don't love how it influences me. Like I just, I want to create something that feels completely aligned and right for me. And I don't want it to feel like I'm like comparing myself or looking at what other people are doing or whatever, because that's just not the kind of business that I want to build. 
And so that's my plan for next year is that if I can, like just not consuming it at all and just only creating content. Yeah. So those are some of my plans and and my thoughts for next year. Wanted to conclude on some things that I've learned this year. And I've mentioned a few of these throughout, but I think one of the biggest things is just that I think you become a completely different person as an entrepreneur. You really find this new side of yourself that I think you didn't even know existed. And I look back on when I first started my business and I remember just being so fearful of decision making. And now I feel like I just have this confidence about me and about my life that I didn't have before. Um, I even had a friend recently say to me, she's like, I just feel like you've really stepped into your role as a business coach on Instagram. And I was like, thank you. That is so nice. And I feel that way too. I feel like I have more confidence than I did before, which is really nice. And then uh, a couple other learnings too. I think that an important one is that, and this is something that frustrates me a lot. And And it's a tough one. I get that it's a tough one, but we can't expect instant results or quick fixes. And and one thing I hate about Instagram is I find sometimes it, it perpetuates this idea that entrepreneurship is easy and that you're going to be successful from day one. And that's just like not, it's not real life in most circumstances. Like, of course we have the people who that happens for, but There's also just this massive group of people that don't have that and they think that they've done something wrong if they don't experience that. And I hate that and it's really driving me nuts. And so there's no such thing as an overnight success. That's one of my favorite quotes. I think it was Richard Richard Branson said that, I think, not 100% sure. But no such thing as, as overnight success. Like it takes work and it takes commitment even when it's hard, even when you don't feel like it it takes work and it takes commitment. And so that's an important one to just remember. And then I think one one final thought, which has been a big one for me, is just knowing that things are going to change. And I think one of the most beautiful things and the coolest thing about a, about a business is watching it change and evolve over time. So for instance, for me, like, so I have an online component of my coaching program And I think I've changed it three times. I think I've redone all the video modules probably three times, which takes an insane amount of time. But I've done it because I've changed a lot and I've learned a lot and I want to make sure it's changing and growing with me. And so the business is going to evolve with you. And I would bet you money that you wouldn't recognize the person you were six months from now, you know, when you when you started a business. And nothing is ever going to feel completely perfect today. And that's okay. It's going to change over time. So yeah, that was my final note. Uh, this has been a lengthier episode, but I really hope you enjoyed it. So thank you so much for sticking with me throughout this year and for supporting this podcast. It's honestly been so fun, like I said. So thank you for letting me share with you some of the things that I've learned and some of my journey throughout the last year. I can't wait to see what 2021 brings us. It's been such an insane year for so many reasons, but I I really hope we can all walk away from it, learning a little bit more about ourselves and learning a little bit more about our impact on each other, on, on the planet, on all of that good stuff. And so with that, I just want to tell you to have an amazing rest of your year and keep dreaming. Honestly, keep dreaming because you never know what can happen. And when you set the bar high and and you dream those impossible dreams, you just, you never know what it's going to look like in a year from now. So I'm excited to look back at the end of 2021 and listen to this episode and see how different things are, right? So 
Have an awesome rest of your day and we will chat soon. Feel free to slide into my DMs if you have any comments, if you have any questions, I'm always here for you. So thanks everyone and happy new year and have an amazing rest of 2020. This podcast was edited and mixed by Earworm Radio. If you are on the fence as to whether to hire someone to work on your podcast for you, honestly, do it. I struggled to edit my own podcast for months until I found Jeff from Earworm. Jeff does an incredible job. He's organized, he's efficient, and your podcast sounds amazing, which is super important for retaining regular listeners. You can follow them on Instagram at EWRadio or find more information at www.earwormradio.com.